0: You're listening to The Other Connor Podcast, a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your host, Connor Halley. Hello, Oilers fans. Thank you once again for tuning in to The Other Connor Podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. My name, as always, Connor Halley. You can give me a follow on Twitter, at Connor Halley. Big shout-out to our sponsor, DraftKings, as well. Lots going on in the sporting world. DraftKings has you covered when you sign up today. Make sure you use promo code THPN. And it's just about here, the Oilers' first game of the 2021-2022 NHL regular season. Depending on when you're listening to it, just hours away. And, of course, the Oilers will take on the Vancouver Canucks. It's an 8 o'clock puck drop on a Wednesday night. I believe you can watch the game on Sportsnet. You can listen in on 630 Chad pregame show on tsn 1260 with tom gazzola and myself that's going to get going at six o'clock we've got two hours of action for you on wednesday night and a little spoiler alert we are going to be joined by former oiler steve stales on the pregame show so just want to throw that out there if you want to tune in it's going to be a lot of fun the nhl season is here And speaking of Tom Gazzola, he is going to join me on the show today. We're going to talk about all things Edmonton Oilers as they're set for puck drop on Wednesday night. Tom Gazzola, of course, is the host of the Don Wheaton on White pre- and post-game shows on TSN 1260. He's also an NHL Network correspondent. He's on the Locked On NHL podcast. And he's also doing a lot of stuff, the Oil Stream. He's pretty much everywhere. So Tom Gazzola is going to join me later on in the show today. Give him a follow on Twitter, at Tom Gazzola. But before we get to that... Some news and notes from Oilers practice on Tuesday... Dave Tippett saying that Devin Shore tweaked something at practice. Isn't sure if he'll be ready to play on Wednesday. So it looks like Ryan McLeod will get into the lineup in the season opener. Also, Colton Sevier looks like he's going to get a contract. Uh, Ryan Rashog tweeting out that it may come tomorrow morning. It might come later on on Tuesday. But it looks like the veteran forward will have a spot with the Edmonton Oilers in this upcoming season. He's 32 years old, born in Red Deer. Played for a couple teams in his NHL career, most notably as of late. He spent last season with Pittsburgh at 10 points, five goals, five assists in 46 games played. So just more veteran depth and a guy that you know exactly what you're going to get out of. And obviously with Josh Archibald not being vaccinated, he's not going to be able to play in a lot of games, so that makes a little more sense why Colton Sevier will be signed coming off his PTO. Other notes from practice today, multiple people tweeting out that uh, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisettle skating together on the same line with Jesse Pugliarvi, so it looks like Dave Tippett's going nuclear for the first game against the Canucks. That means Zach Hyman playing with Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Kyler Yamamoto, so we'll see how that works out, how long it lasts. It's a hot topic right now in the city, what's going to happen in the Oilers' top six, but we'll 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 wait and see as it goes throughout the regular season. I'm sure when you're playing teams with a little more depth down the middle, you've got that option to go with McDavid and Dreisaitl. We'll see how it all plays out. Like I said, though, we've got Tom Gazzola coming up on the podcast today, and let's get right to it. Tom Gazzola, of course, the host of the pre- and post-game shows on TSN 1260. He's an NHL Network correspondent. He's on the Locked on NHL podcast. Also, the Oil Stream with Dustin Nielsen. I recommend you give him a follow on Twitter at Tom Gazzola. Of course, he's got the insight, but he's always tweeting out where you can hear him. And that helps out a lot. Tommy, thanks so much for doing this today. How are you doing?
1: Connor, it's a great day. Hockey is here, and I couldn't be more pleased. You know what? If, if I'm going to complain about something, it's how damn cold it is because my <laughs> walks over to the rink have uh, become less comfortable as I had to get a warmer jacket out this morning when I went over to the rink. So uh, if that's my only problem, then life's okay.
0: Tom, I mean, you don't have to tell people where you live, but give or take, how long of a walk is it to old Roger's place?
1: Well, I live right down the street, and uh, <laughs> I'm not telling people exactly what building, but right down the street, and it's about 10 minutes if I've got a little hop in my step, and unfortunately, the limes and the scooters are going to be going away, I think, pretty soon here, but if I hop on one of those bad boys, it's like three or four minutes, and it's, it's just a breeze, especially on game nights when we finish up the pregame, and I got to rip over to the rink. I'm not I'm not jackass on the scooter blowing by you if you're walking down 104th Ave to the rink. And uh, what I don't do, though, is park it right at the front. I get off one block before and I, I walk the last block because I don't want to be that guy scooting through people and people, some might recognize me and go, wow, who's that dick? <laughs> it's Tom. And he's on a scooter.
0: Yeah, I, that's I, me. I would love you to like rip past people and just proclaim it. Tom Gazzola coming through.
1: Yeah, yeah that would be, <laughs> <laughs> I'd look like such a, such a <laughs> dumbass. Um, but it's <laughs> funny though, like, cause you do see people that, that, uh, are listeners, viewers of the oil stream or when we do our stuff on CTV and, and all of that or TSN whenever Rashad and I do our thing and, or people who remember from Oilers TV and so you say hi and all that, but, uh, yeah, I don't want to be that guy on the scooter and people going, "Wow, what a dork!" <laughs> you know what?
0: I, I was so like I, I was so anti living downtown for a long time, just because I, I was very unfamiliar with the area. And I still remember. I think it was, jeez, it was pre COVID. Obviously, we went to I think local downtown. Mm-hmm. You, me, Hernan, I think JMO came, a a bunch of twelve sixty people. And everyone was like having a good time, having drinks, just getting ready to walk home and I was sitting there like, well, I got to drive to the south side so I can't even like get into it with you guys. I was I was pretty bummed out about it. And now hearing this, I know you scoot to Commonwealth for games as well sometimes. It's Yeah.
1: You got a pretty good
0: you got a pretty good situation there uh, living downtown, Tom.
1: Yeah. Uh pro tip to anybody who's listening that lives downtown and wants to get to Commonwealth when it's nice outside, you can scoot down 107th Ave all the way to 95th Street. As I've discovered and, and done many times. And I think a few other people have figured that out too because I always see like a bunch of limes and other scooters stacked up at a at ninety fifth street and hundred and seventh Avenue. I'm like, aha, I'm not the only one. But uh it's an efficient way to get around. You just park it, take your photo and, and send it to the app and, and leave it. Um yeah, it it the the joys of downtown, Connor is you get a lot of sirens and all of that, but At the same time, you can walk into places and stumble out, and (laughs) you just get home safely. That's all that matters.
0: See, I'm out in the burbs. So whenever, like, I I head to either like, you know, Jasper Ave or White Ave, and I, I have like the Lime app on my phone, I'm like. Tell my girlfriend, like, hold on a sec. I just got to go find a scooter and just go for a quick rip just to just to do it because it is a lot of fun. And you're right. It is a good way to get around. And if I live downtown, I'd be utilizing that so much more than I already do. Let's talk about, I I guess, they're kind of your neighbors. They live down the street from you and and play hockey at the Ice District. Edmonton Oilers set to kick off the 2021-2022 NHL season. Tomorrow night, taking on the Vancouver Canucks. You and I've got the pregame show starting at six o'clock on TSN 1260. We're going for two hours. We'll hear from Cassian. Uh, we're going out to Vancouver. We're going to talk to former member of the Edmonton Oilers, Steve Steos, who played for both the Oilers and the Canucks. A whole lot going on. But uh, Tom, going into the, the opening lineup from what you've seen so far, is there any surprises that, you know, you thought maybe going into the season we wouldn't see or, or anything that just stands out to you from this group?
1: it it almost went exactly as expected and almost uh, until you look at Brendan Perlini and the standout performance he had throughout training camp six goals in the preseason and they weren't really opportunistic goals like most of them were hard working goal scorer's goals the the play by Colton Sevier in Vancouver on Saturday was that was a phenomenal play and Chris Russell got that play started Connor and it was a good read and and so maybe that was one of the ones but the, that you could go, well, he was just at the right place at the right time, but you got to get there. And then the other thing is a lot of his goals were uh, him making smart plays, good redirections. Uh, there was a couple, he had a couple of assists where he, he was like sneaking up to the point, opened up for a one-timer and the puck would get through, would get redirected in. and And so it's interesting and it will continue to be interesting to see how his play evolves, how he adapts to maybe playing less minutes in a fourth line role. If he could take advantage, Connor and elevate himself and get into the top nine somehow, if someone is faltering or he gets spot duty in there, this is a guy that has played in the NHL for a while. He was a top six, top nine guy and early on in his career. And then things fizzled out, obviously having a horrendous year in Detroit and, winding up in Switzerland last season, maybe, you know, that, that was an eye-opener for him. He comes in a little bit more mature, has an outstanding uh, training camp preseason, and it looks like, too, his defensive game has been rock-solid through p- the preseason. I-, I thought he was making good plays, pucks off the wall, uh, winning those battles, uh, good anticipation, breaking up passes to the point, stuff like that, and if that could continue and his good he has a good 200-foot game, then then he should be A-OK. And then the other thing is, it's kind of tricky but uh, tough at the same time with a guy like Devin Shore, who we knew would be fighting for one of those last spots, and then he goes and he has a really good preseason at center of all s- spots, and then he's tweaked something, and you know, as of Tuesday morning, uh, day-to-day by head coach Dave Tippett was the status he was given, and that's too bad. But it opens the door for a guy like Ryan McLeod, who was practicing with that fourth line down the middle, to, to get an opportunity maybe to take advantage and, and create some offense. And maybe he could ride that momentum from what Brendan Perlini was able to do. And, Connor, like, it's it's pretty straightforward, the game Devin Shore played. And he was getting mm-hmm. offensive success. And and he was doing it with Perlini. Maybe Mc- for McLeod it it's not that hard either. You you don't have to do too much. Just take care of your own zone, win face offs and then find the open man because Brendan Perlini a lot of times was creating and, and in the right place at the right time. And if he can do that, Ryan McLeod, then maybe he can get his offense going because that's the one thing that's eluded him so far in his brief NHL career.
0: Yeah, and well I mean for Devin Shore, like that that's what made him such a I don't know, obvious signing in my opinion. Like, you just, you know what you're gonna get from him. He plays a simple game, and for Ryan McLeod, that, that's the shoes you have to fill. Just play simple, add what you can, and you're right. If he can get the offense going, uh, that'd be a great sign for the Oilers. Uh, I was on with Dave Jameson's show, not the actual Dave Jameson, Awanic obviously hosting right now, uh, while Jamo continues to, uh, battle cancer, and, and he's kicking ass, so we're always thinking about Jamo, but, one of the things he asked me about going from a uh, pregame shows to regular season shows, like how excited am I? And I said, you know what? It's great because we had like the same conversations over and over again about, you know, the fourth line for the Oilers and who's going to be the partner of Evan Bouchard. One of the other things that we talked about a lot was Cody Ceci and Duncan Keith. Uh, from what you've seen so far, how confident are you that they can be that second pairing for the Oilers and, you know, be someone that can be counted on to, to be a strength defensively?
1: I think that they are fully capable of being just solid pillars on the team and especially on that blue line. These are veteran guys. One's a future Hall of Famer, another guy that's kind of bounced around a little bit, but at 27 and Cody CC should be able to give you 18 to 20 minutes a night and, and not cost you in your own zone, should being the key word. We'll see if that will happen, but... I think one of the positive signs from those two, especially in the three games that they were able to play, uh, together, especially the last two, I thought their, their chemistry started to improve. I thought they played solid. I thought they were limiting their mistakes. There were a few, uh, oppor- op- opportunities that they gave up here or there to the opposition, but you know, they're, they're getting it all. It was basically like cramming for a test, especially for Duncan Keith, who's only available after coming out of quarantine for the last week of training camp and, and three games. But I thought there was some reassuring signs. So I think that they're probably Connor overall, a better, more reliable, solid pair at this point than what the Oilers had in their second pair to start last season. We know how good Adam Larson was, but who is Larson's partner to start out? Uh, you know, was, was it, I can't even remember. Was it Caleb Jones? Like, Was he a second-pairing guy? Remember we were ready to anoint Caleb Jones a second-pairing guy? Uh, Cuckoo had a good start. Chris Russell was there. So the fact that we're talking about this confusion uh, and and not being able to remember how good the second pair was last year compared to the second pair coming into this year, um, I think that's a bit telling too, or just telling of my bad memory, one or the other. Uh, but, but yeah, I think that you have a pretty solid f- top four defenseman and, uh, your, your third pairing has an up and comer who's going to have some good nights and he's going to have some rough nights and Evan Bouchard then a couple of guys who are veterans and Chris Russell and Slater Cuckoo that should be able to fill the rest of those minutes needed.
0: Tom, a lot of times coming out of camp or during camp, you know, we talk with the guys who look great. And uh, Brendan Perlini obviously was one. Um, Going into the games, we talked about Kyle Turris and Tyler Benson. But on the flip side, you know, now that the preseason has wrapped up, is there anyone who underwhelmed for you?
1: Hmm, A bit underwhelming. Yeah, probably Kyler Yamamoto, I think it is safe to say. And and that goal he scored in Vancouver to wrap up the preseason, that was a goal scorer's goal, Connor, and I think he needed that one, you know, just to reassure him, get it in his mind that he can finish still, and that what happened in his second half of last season might be an anomaly. And just to get that one going into the regular season probably goes a long way for him. But outside of that goal, I didn't think Kyler Yamamoto had a great training camp or preseason, and... It was hampered by injury. Obviously, he got banged up a little bit against Calgary in that second game, the one that was here in Edmonton, and and that's not great. But at least he was healthy, good to go, finish up the preseason, get that goal. Let's see if he can build some momentum off of that or if that gives him a little bit of confidence to, to be chipping in because he's going to be your second-line right winger to start the year, and he wants to stay there. It's a big season for him. He's got to prove it. Uh, didn't get the contract he wanted, didn't get the term probably he wanted, and it's up to him to go out there and get that next contract, and, and only he can dictate how much he gets and how much term he gets in that next deal. And if he wants to do that, he's going to have to have a, a good start and contribute offensively, limit those offensive zone penalties, and uh, contribute on the PK. We're going to see some of that this year from Kyler Yamamoto. But he's a guy that I look at and go, geez, he didn't have a great preseason at all. Uh, and You know who else was kind of quiet? Tyson Berry. But I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Uh, Berry should be just fine, I would assume, going into this year after leading all defensemen in the scoring in the league last year.
0: Tom, a guy that you know, I think a lot of people were maybe surprised, Colton Sevier joins the team on a PTO, and it's being reported that he will be signed. When you listen to this, it might actually have already happened. Uh, what did you make of him at camp, and what got him the contract?
1: I think his veteran presence, he's played 500 games. It's Listen, it's not flashy what you're going to get from Colton Sevier, but this is a legit NHL player. You're getting him when the deal's done, probably on a very team-friendly term and price point. And with Josh Archibald being out of the picture, you needed someone who could kill penalties. You needed someone who could give you some good depth minutes. Probably doesn't have the same offensive ability as a Josh Archibald, but can still chip in every now and then. We saw that with the nice play he made to Perlini that we were talking about earlier. I don't mind this signing, and you need good veteran NHL players. And It's interesting, too, Connor, because he killed with Devin Shore, and I think that was a sign that Colton Sevier was on the right path to getting a contract. And Basically, from the outset of his PTO, it kind of came at a time where we heard the news about Josh Archibald, and so it always seemed like an insurance policy and and lo and behold we're at this point where he's looking like or is now a member of the Edmonton Oilers and you know don't expect a ton don't expect some flash and panache he probably won't give you the big hits that Archibald would lay on guys every now and then but this is a solid depth NHL player at a reasonable rate and again you can't have too many of those guys you need good guys down at the bottom of the roster just as much as you need guys uh, to, to be drivers. And if you have a solid NHL roster where you can look at each guy and go, those are all legit NHL players, um, generally you have a pretty good team.
0: Another week of the NFL season means another shot to win big at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. The last 0-0 tie in the NFL was in 1943. So I'd say this is a no-brainer. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN, throw down $1 on any NFL game, and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. That's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See draftkingscom slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now, back to the show. Tom, also today of note from practice, uh, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl skating together. looks like they will start the season, at least start the season, on the top line. Uh, R&H with Hyman and Yamamoto. Are you a fan of starting off the season with uh, what a lot of people... I think it's just simple. We'll just call it the nuclear line. When you have McDavid and Saddle yeah. together.
1: <laughs> it, it just, to me, I don't care. Like, it... it it, they want to win games, and they think that going with this nuclear option is is a way to do that. And part of me thinks, too, that this is just pedal to the metal from the get-go. Don't have the stumbles that you did out of the gates last year. I know you had some runway with the preseason this year, which is great. They didn't have that last year. We know that those two are going to play together a lot, uh, regardless of if they were starting on the same line or not, each guy centering their own line, driving their own line. I feel like in certain situations they'll be split up in the game, but this this is a way to go and, and you know, just jump on teams. And, and I think that this will probably change matchup to matchup too, and opponent to opponent where we could see them split up. And and it, it truly speaks to flexibility and and. So Dave Tippett's going with these guys out of the gate. If he likes what he's got in Hyman, Nugent Hopkins, and Yamamoto and thinks that that as a second line can handle the majority of opponents' second lines, then okay. If it if it falters, Connor, we know Dave Tippett is quick to switch things up. Uh, he doesn't mess around. He doesn't wait it out. He, he tinkers quite a bit, and maybe we see game-to-game the, the forward units change because that's kind of his M.O. So, you know what? They're together great. And here's the other thing, too. They're they're playing against Vancouver a third straight game. And when did they put these guys together? Was it for the Calgary game or did they get together for the Vancouver games? It was the Calgary game, right? hmm yeah. So, yeah, I mean, who are the first two opponents the Oilers are going to face? Vancouver and Calgary. <laughs>
0: It's like there's a method behind the madness, right, Tom?
1: Maybe, maybe. <laughs> uh, just,
0: so today, actually, when I was on the Dave Jamison show with Matt Awanek, he also asked me this. Let's say the order, they're, they're down one, nothing, a minute left to play. Uh, obviously McDavid tries that going out there. Uh, who else is going out there? Is it, is it Hyman? Is it Nuge? Is it Puliarvi? Who do you have out there?
1: Minute left, you need a goal. You're probably sending out a sixth attacker. So McDavid, Dry settle, Poole, Yarvey, Nugent, Hopkins, Hyman, and Barry, I would say. And if if one of those guys was just coming off from a shift, you could you could throw a nurse out there if, if one of those guys is gassed and was out there. Uh, depending on the game Yamamoto is having, we know Dave Tippett likes to ride with guys who are having strong games, you could put him out there. What if Warren Fogel scored a couple of goals in a game? Good, hard work, hardworking goals, and, and he's been doing good work in front of the net. Maybe he gets out there instead of a Hyman or a Nugent Hopkins, and you make him a net front presence, or instead of a Pugliarvi. You've got a ton of options, but I would probably, if if all things were working out perfect, you take a timeout, starting in the offensive zone, you're going McDavid, Drysaddle, Pugliarvi, Nugent Hopkins... Hyman and Barry. That's how I would, I would go and attack it and try to get that equalizer. How does that sound?
0: I mean, when the Oilers put out, you know, the heavy hitters, I mean, they've got as much talent as anyone in the league. So I like that. And I like the versatility. And like you say, you can go a few different ways, especially if Tippett, uh, wants to ride someone. You spoke about Warren Fogel, uh, kind of right now seems like almost flying under the radar. What do you think his impact will be on this team?
1: I think, well, I think the impact will mostly be giving the Oilers a solid, hard to play against third line, especially with Derek Ryan down the middle and Zach Cassian. If he is healthy, all indicators are he should be good to go after that scary incident against the Canucks last week with Zach McEwen. But you get two guys who can do the the, the heavy lifting and are uh, big body guys in Fogel and Cassian, and Fogel's. Got this ability to score goals in front of the net. Some of them are ugly, greasy goals. Some of them are actually really nice, where you can elevate a puck really quickly in a tight spot or just find a, a small little hole on the netminder that you didn't maybe see there from the broadcast angle. He has the ability to score those goals. We know Cassian has some offensive abilities. So too does Derek Ryan. But if they could be a tough, grinding, hard line to play against and they can tilt the ice for the Oilers and, and get some offensive zone time, I think that that's a difference maker, you know, it reduces the shots against maybe limits some opportunities against those are important things. And then the offensive contributions are, are a bonus, but you you should expect some offense from that line. If Fogel can get you 10 to 15 goals, 10 to 15 assists, I think that's a pretty solid contribution from a a third liner. I, I don't see him getting a ton of special teams time. Um, it's just it's having the the heavy tough guys to play against something that this this Oilers team has not had for a while that far down the depth chart.
0: Tom, just a few more for you. Really appreciate you hopping on the podcast here today. Uh, Head coach Dave Tippett, obviously this is his last year under contract. Uh, they haven't had much postseason success, so people people always ask if he's on the hot seat. If changes could be made, but I want to ask you this. I mean, from what you've seen him in the from him in the last two years, what does he have to do? throughout the year to have them a little more ready for the playoffs? And, and is there anything you think that he needs to mess around with to, to make this team just better when the games really count?
1: Well, I mean, listen, this guy's been a coach in the league for a long time. He's won a coach of the year. Uh, I don't think he cares all that much about his contract status. He's fully aware of it, but I don't think it'll affect him really. But one thing from a broadcaster point of view that covers this team and has for a long time, it's almost like he's outcoached himself around the playoffs and in the playoffs, and and maybe if he just simplifies and dials it back and and, uh, doesn't overreact or or anything like that, um, then I think he'll be okay. He probably knows that, and I'm sure he looked back on some of his decisions in last year's postseason and thought to himself, "Why why didn't I take that time out? When, when the momentum was going in the Jets favor in game three. Why didn't I, uh, start this guy and, and that guy? Why did I bench, uh, two of my blue liners in game four when I could have used one of them more and had to play Darnell Nurse 60 minutes that night? I guarantee you he's the type of guy that thinks about that stuff. Um, and and then the team being ready, Connor, for the playoffs, I feel like it's probably... And they were close last year. Like, that was a very close series against the Jets. But I think it's, it's a lot of it on the players, their mentality, their mindset. No more screwing up. Uh, no more soiling the sheets in the postseason. And I, I feel like there is this underlying understanding where they know it is time to, to actually make some hay in the postseason, which is good because I think they're embarrassed by what's happened in the last two playoffs. Um, Dave Tippett's just got to guide the ship and 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 don't step on his own toes when, when he's making decisions. And I think we've seen a little bit of that, but uh, he's a guy that's been around long enough, has the wisdom and the knowledge, the savvy where he probably understands that. He's got some good guys on the bench with him too that have been head coaches in the NHL that that are probably um, good to give him information and and to bounce things off of uh, this team, you know, I think is poised and ready to to make some noise in the postseason. And if not, there will be changes, Connor Halley. There will be changes.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I like how you kind of touched on, like, the, the players. They have to be motivated. No superstar wants to be known as the player who you know, didn't show up in the playoffs or didn't have the success. Have you ever watched like the NBA on TNT? Uh, whenever they get to the playoffs and, and they're talking about championships, Shaquille O'Neal always holds that over Charles Barkley, right? Like Barkley is one of the, you know, one of the better players in NBA history. And there's always that little thing like, well, you never won. Shaq had the rings, yeah. so I mean these guys—they're going to be motivated, right? And and I, I hope they can get a way to get it done because of the narrative of the Oilers not having success in the playoffs—I uh, mean, it, it'd be nice to change that this upcoming season. Tom, you're on air with me, Matt Cassian, tomorrow night, Wednesday, six o'clock on TSN 1260. We've got a two-hour preview for Oilers and Canucks. So, what do you make of this Vancouver Canucks team this year?
1: It's an interesting team. I think they're better than last year's Canucks team. They're healthier. Uh, with Pedersen and back in the lineup. We'll see if there's any catch-up process for Pedersen and Hughes after missing a chunk of the preseason and training camp uh, with their contract negotiations. I like their goaltending more than uh, that they had last year. You know, Demko and Halak is probably a little bit more solid than Demko and Holtby. Vancouver could be a team that pushes for that third spot in the Pacific division. We'll see what kind of team Calgary is able to roll out. If LA is able to maybe make up some ground on, on those two oiler rivals. I really don't have a lot of faith in the Seattle Kraken or the Anaheim ducks and uh, the San Jose sharks, same thing, but Vancouver, I think will be kind of in the mix. They'll be fighting it with the Calgary flames to, to take that third spot in the Pacific and, And I feel like they're going to give the Oilers some trouble. I really do. And and typically these two teams uh, don't like each other. We've already seen some of that animosity in the preseason. And uh, I think we're going to see a good battle between the Oilers and Canucks on uh, Wednesday night and throughout the season. But, you know, I think Vancouver is a team trying to get back on the up and up. And with a healthy Pedersen and uh, Hughes uh, taking another step and some decent oel is a good addition i think and connor garland um this should be a vancouver team that could slide into that three hole in the pacific
0: yeah tom i am uh, with you a hundred percent on that one i think the canucks uh, definitely top three team in the pacific and i don't think they're one or two but uh we'll we'll talk about that a little bit more on the pregame show wednesday six o'clock looking forward to it and thanks so much for doing this today
1: anytime connor
0: Great stuff from Tom Gazzola. He is the host of the Don Wheaton on White pre- and post-game shows on TSN 1260. Before and after every Oilers game, including tomorrow night or Wednesday night. I guess it depends when you're listening. When the Oilers kick off their season against the Vancouver Canucks, I'll be there. Tom will be there. Former NHLer Matt Cassian will be there. Someone from Vancouver will also join us. And we'll hear from Steve Stales, former member of the Edmonton Oilers. That's TSN 1260 Wednesday night at 6 o'clock at Don Wheaton on White pre-game show. Big thank you to Tom for joining us tonight. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter as well, at Tom Gazzola. And that's going to wrap up another edition of the Other Connor Podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. Again, if you're going to sign up with DraftKings. Make sure to use promo code THPN. A little goes a long way, and by simply putting in those four letters, you can really benefit. That's with DraftKings. Coming up on the next edition of the Other Connor Podcast, we'll recap the game in Vancouver, of course, Oilers and Canucks Wednesday night, and then we'll preview the game between the Oilers and the Flames. Hockey season is finally here. I cannot wait for it. Once again, thank you to you guys for tuning into the show today. Thanks to Tom, the sponsors, everyone. Have a great day. Enjoy the game Wednesday night, and we'll talk to you on Friday. Thanks for tuning in to the Other Connor Podcast. New shows drop every Tuesday and Friday, wherever you get your podcasts from.